Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And if you hit play, that means that you're listening to Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday Steelers fix. For all my Ride or Die crew, we're talking about the diehard fan, the diehard Steeler fan that on March 11th, you would not miss a podcast. Why? Because there might be something to talk about. There might be news. There might be rumors. We have it all for you right here on this show. And I thank you for joining me. Before I go any further and start talking about those news and some rumors, I want to remind you that BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. And wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, it does not matter. Find us by searching Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. I always like to start my Friday show, or any show really, with news that might be happening with the Steelers and with free agency right here on our doorstep. 14th is that oxymoron that is the legal tampering period. The 16th is the official start of the new league year in the National Football League. And honestly, you know, Dave Schofield and I were talking about this on Thursday. He wrote an article about it that ran on the website, and he was saying how he's shocked that there hasn't been any news really since Brian Flores was hired as a defensive assistant. He was right. Yeah, Kevin Colbert spoke, and and yes, we had the combine and stuff like that, and that's not saying that's not news, but that's not signing some of their own free agents. That's not even rumors being circulated about players they're interested in. Well, that all changed, and that changed as Andrew Filipponi, uh, that is at the Pony Express, he is a, a, a radio personality, we'll put it that way, at... 93.7 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh. He took to Twitter with some rumors on Thursday. I want to read these to you. Now, remember, take these for what they're worth. They are rumors. You may say, wow, that's fantastic. Or you might say, yeah, I don't buy it. Either way, I'm just telling you what's out there. Whether I believe it or not, we'll get to that. All right, here we go. So, Filipponi, he said, source, Steelers will make an effort to re-sign Terrell Edmonds. If he goes to market next week, Look for the Steelers to make a play for former Pitt safety Jordan Whitehead. Now, Whitehead, he was a, obviously, like he said, former Pitt product, fourth-round pick in 2018 draft by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's played a ton for Tampa Bay. 55 career starts. He has five interceptions. Would be a target if they can't retain Terrell Edmonds. Now, the way that Filipponi worded this, and take that for what it's worth, He said they're going to make an effort to re-sign Terrell Edmonds if he goes to the free market next week, meaning if he gets to free agency. That sounds like they want to sign him before free agency starts, so keep your eyes and ears open for that. He continues with another rumor. Source, the Steelers are targeting Tampa Bay Buccaneers free agent corner Carlton Davis, their number one corner. He's physical, can play the run too. Stay tuned. That's what Filipponi writes. Now, Davis, I mean, if if this were to happen, if they were to get Whitehead and Davis – they would literally be poaching, what is it, two-fourths probably or two-fifths, depending on if you're in a nickel, uh, of the, the starting secondary of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But nonetheless, Davis, another guy that has a ton of experience, he started 50 games since being drafted by Tampa Bay. He has six interceptions. He is considered the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' number one cornerback. Outside of Andrew Filipponi, uh, another rumor which has been circulating on Thursday was the NFL Network's Aditi Kinkwabala. She said on air, 
how the name Bobby Wagner, okay, now Bobby Wagner is a guy who was recently released, uh, he was recently released from the Seattle Seahawks, Long Legion of Boom guy, he's a player that everyone knew, you know, Legion of Boom, that legendary defense in Seattle, he gets released, he could sign with anyone at any time, now he'd be Silly to just jump on the first deal that's offered, but according to Kinkwabala, she is hearing his name a lot right now in Pittsburgh. So you might like that Bobby Wagner's being thrown around. You might think he's over the proverbial hump. Maybe she's just saying, hey, this is what I'm hearing. I don't know. This is what we get with these rumors, but it's something. It's something that we can talk about. The Steelers are definitely looking at positions that we expected them to look at in free agency. And this is a good segue into the topic that I wanted to discuss today. And that is, everyone's talking about the Steelers in free agency. You know, I listen to all of our podcasts on our podcast platform. One, Michael Beck, he loves, and I'll have him on in the second half of this show, by the way. Boy, does he love to talk about the Steelers should sign this, this, this. They have all this money. They're going to be active. This is great. The world is great. I'm so happy. And that is fantastic. I, for people like Michael Beck, I just feel so good for them. They, But I wanted to remind fans out there, and I don't look, you. hey, if you listen to this show, you know that I'm usually not a Debbie Downer. I'm a very positive guy. But I want to remind you, and this is the title of this podcast, the Steelers being players in free agency is not a guaranteed win. Let's keep that in our mind as we talk about this. The Steelers have money. They've never had this kind of money in the Kevin Colbert era before. Roughly $28 million, close to $29 million in salary cap space. And that could all change. If all of a sudden, over the weekend, they restructure some deals, they maybe release a player or two, and that number could go up. But at the bare bones number right now, if everything stays status quo, you're talking about roughly 28 to $29 million in cap space. Now, we've talked about the, the moves that have been made, meaning other teams, the quarterbacks, all that stuff. Go listen to my Wednesday podcast. I diagram that, and I talk about that. Uh, to me, that's a blessing in disguise. The Steelers can now approach some other players. Look at the positions and the players we already talked about on the show. You would approach them with the money in hand necessary. So they have this money, and everyone's like, yes, they're going to go out, and they're going to be spenders. But I need to take you a trip. I don't like this trip. I'm going to take you on a trip down memory lane. And we're going to go down some free agent acquisitions that the Steelers made in the Kevin Colbert era that you might want to keep this in the back of your mind. Some of them are rather recent, by the way. When you're so excited about a rumor or a free agent signing. Okay, let's go over this. If you remember after Jeff Hardings, who is on the list, I'm going to get to the list of some of the best free agent signings in in Steelers history. Jeff Hardings, the center that they signed from Detroit, was on that list. When he retired after Super Bowl 40, the Steelers needed to find a center. This is very similar to what is happening right now with this team in 2022. They needed a center. And so they went on and got a guy named Sean Mahan. You might remember Sean Mahan. He played a year for Tampa Bay. He was awful. He was awful. It was He played one year for Pittsburgh. It was the following year they got uh, Hartwig. Hartwig actually won the Super Bowl. It wasn't because of him. And then it was following that that they drafted uh, Marquise Pouncey. But Sean Mahan, let's not forget that guy. 
Let's continue. There was a need for a veteran wide receiver, someone that can come in, be a veteran, and work the middle of the field. You're thinking about a a slot guy, someone that really has that experience. Sound familiar? Yeah, sounds a lot like what we're talking about right now and what we've been talking about as we identify these team needs for the Steelers. Remember when they signed Lance Moore? Yeah, that didn't pan out too well, did it? I think he scored one touchdown in his time in Pittsburgh, and that touchdown reception was actually, correct me if I'm wrong, thrown by Antonio Brown, not Ben Roethlisberger. So we have Lance Moore was, everyone was like, this is a perfect signing, perfect signing, didn't pan out. There was a time where they needed an offensive tackle, so they go and get a guy who played for Buffalo, Jonathan Scott. Jonathan Scott looked more like a turnstile than he did an offensive tackle. Yeah, that didn't pan out either. Who, were, who, who can forget Ladarius Green? Team needed a tight end. They wanted that athletic tight end that can stretch the field. Injuries derailed his career. He had one good game for Pittsburgh. That was it. He signed a lucrative contract. What about when they needed a safety? They go out prior to the 2018 draft, and they signed Morgan Burnett. Yes, the Morgan Burnett from the Green Bay Packers, he's going to be the guy that's going to be able to transition us between the rookie, Terrell Edmonds, and him. He gets hurt. He's never healthy. What a dud. Now Terrell Edmonds is able to play, and he plays okay, and he gets better as his career goes on. But Morgan Burnett was not what we thought he was. Recently, I mean, not so recent, remember how ecstatic everyone was when the Steelers signed LeGarrette Blunt? In free agency, wow, what a great move. He's going to be able to spell Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell's the workhorse, but we don't want to run we don't want to you know run the wheels off him. We don't want to break him down. Too many carries, too many touches. Sound familiar? Yeah, it sounds familiar. It's the same thing people are saying about Najee Harris after his rookie year. So they bring in Ligger Blunt, and we know how that panned out when he walked off the uh, we walk he walked off the field on uh, Monday night in Tennessee. We could talk about uh, one of the worst, in my opinion, one of the worst free agent signings of all Steelers history, and that would be Dante Moncrief. They signed Dante Moncrief. We need a veteran receiver, someone that can stretch the field, a bigger target. That guy couldn't catch a cold. Could not catch a cold. Couldn't even get on the field until he was released. So I just I, I don't bring these names up because I want you to think, oh, Jeff, you're really you're really putting a cloud right over top of my son. Like, on a Friday you're doing this? I get it. I understand. I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is that just because the Steelers have money doesn't mean that they're going to make the best acquisitions. Now, for all the bad, there were plenty good. Let's go over some of those names. Let's finish on a positive. James Ferrier, in my opinion, one of the greatest free agent signings, maybe the greatest free agent signing in Steelers history. Some people thought he could, he, had, he should have gotten Defensive Player of the Year a couple years when he was in Pittsburgh. Kevin Green, Hall of Famer, another guy. Rest in peace, by the way, Kevin Green. Uh, outside linebacker was a great addition via free agency. A couple other names. I already brought up Jeff Hardings at center. No one's going to want to say this because he's still in the league and the way that it, it ended, and it was really awkward when he left. But Steven Nelson was a really good free agent acquisition. They paid him a lot of money. He played well. He played well. And it wasn't his fault that the salary cap went down. It wasn't his fault that the Steelers weren't able to figure a way to keep him on the roster. He went to Philly last year. But I thought Steven Nelson was a very good free agent acquisition by the Steelers, especially when you compare him to the likes of a Dante Moncrief or a Morgan Burnett. And then also Ryan Clark. Everyone knows Ryan Clark. Some of the young fans might only know him from his time on ESPN. 
Ryan Clark was a good free agent acquisition. He had spent time, uh, I think it was either Washington or New York, one of those NFC East teams before coming to Pittsburgh, but a great, a great free agent acquisition. So the Steelers having money, again, almost $29 million in cap space, and that number can go up. Just keep in mind that a good deal on paper does not equate to a good deal on the field. It just doesn't. We all need to pump the brakes and just see how these things play out. And what I mean by that, we all just need to take a look at things and say, okay, they signed this player. Maybe it's someone like Jordan Whitehead. That's just an example. Maybe it's they pick up Bobby Wagner. Okay, let's not heap giant expectations on these players. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. But I want to make something else very clear before I go to my Steelers random thoughts. The Steelers have no choice this offseason but to be players in free agency. They got to play the game. They have to be players. They literally don't have enough players on their roster. Sure, they signed a bunch of reserve future contract players. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the cupboard is pretty bare when it comes to some of these position groups. They are going to have to be players. But they don't need all of their pickups, their players that they signed to be home runs. If you're using the baseball analogy, the morons at Major League Baseball finally ended, the, between the Players Union and the Major League Baseball, finally ended their stupid lockout. And so they'll be back. So I'll use a baseball analogy. You don't need all home runs. To be completely honest, if they were to get one home run in free agency, just one, and then give me a bunch of doubles after that, you're going to score some runs. You are going to score some runs. And that's what the Steelers need. I talked about this in previous podcasts. They need both quantity and quality. You don't have to go after the big fish. You listen to some people, not just Michael Beck, because I know he can be a little over the top sometimes with his ideas. You listen to other, read other websites, listen to other podcasts, and they will always paint this rosy picture of they got to go get this guy, get this guy, get this guy, because they're names. And it's what we want. We want the recognition. We want those, those household names. But in reality, if they could save some money get really good players that can work together and really build around a nucleus, they will be just fine. They will be just fine. All right, let's get to some random Steeler thoughts after talking about all those free agents. Boy, some of those bad free agent signings really brought back some uh, PTSD for me as a Steelers fan. So the quarterback news continues to roll. This is the random Steeler thoughts. Uh, The first one is, you know, Carson Wentz, he was not even – he was discussed. I'm going to say that. Not so much for, uh, on a, like, rumor standpoint or even on, like, a PFF. Like, no one ever said Carson Wentz is going to Pittsburgh, but fans talked about it. And every time they talked about it, I shuddered inside thinking, oh, my gosh, could you imagine Carson Wentz? I wanted nothing to do with that guy. The Washington Commanders sent two third-round picks. One of them is conditional, could actually turn into a second-round pick. It's just – and it was for as – Fair as I thought the Seattle-Denver deal was with Russell Wilson, this one was how in the world does someone sign off on this in Washington? That's what I literally thought. And so for me, the teams who want a quarterback, and the Steelers are one of them, now Wentz is off the table, Rodgers is off the table, Wilson's off the table, Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off the surgery, the surgical table, after having surgery on his shoulder. Other than that, there's it's really just going to be the free agent game. We'll see how that plays out. You know, other than these rumors that we talked about, my next random thought is something like I mentioned with Dave's that Dave Schofield wrote about. Is no news good news for the Steelers? I mean, we're talking no news. None. For almost a month, there's been none. No news. 
There's been reports and cons and quotes and stuff like that, but no, 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 no. No news. Maybe for once in this offseason, no news is good news. And Dave and I spoke about this on our Slack channel. He said, ah, yeah, I figured they would sign one of their players. Maybe like a Montrevious Adams or even a Ray Ray McLeod if they value him and want to bring him back. And I said, if I'm a player, I'm not signing anything. Like, no, no way am I signing anything. Because if I'm going to be a free agent, I'm going to be a free agent. I'm going to see what I can get. And if what you're giving me and offering me is the best, then I'm going to take it. And if you all of a sudden, because you don't want to wait around, you sign someone else, well, that's a risk that I am taking as a player. But I think that might have something to do with the no news. Be on the lookout on Friday today. Uh, an article that's going to be released by Jeffrey Benedict. You know, Antonio Brown, I don't like. I don't want to spend a lot of time on that clown, okay? But Antonio Brown was recently on what was called the, it's called the Pivot Podcast. It's got guys like Fred Taylor, Ryan Clark, our hosts, and they brought Antonio Brown on. He was very candid, and he spoke a lot about the Steelers, his relationship with Bruce Arians, uh, when he got his big contract and dealing with the likes of Troy Polamalu still, Ryan Clark, Ike Taylor, very, very, very interesting and telling information. And Jeffrey Benedict is going to have that on our website. He's going to tell all about that team, which such a good team. They could have won Super Bowls, and they just didn't. Check out that article. And lastly, my last random thought is that big Alejandro Villanueva has decided to retire. In case you didn't catch my article on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, should be your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Make sure you check it out. But he, after seven seasons in the NFL, I want to congratulate Alejandro Villanueva for wrapping up his career. I hated how he left and went to the the Ravens, and there were fans that were calling him traitor on on Twitter. He was not a traitor, okay? The Steelers didn't want him. He wanted to keep playing. He played one more year, and they said, well, what about when he left and what he said? What do you want him to say? He goes to Baltimore. Oh, I hate it here. He can't say that. He's going. That's where his, his employer—it's his new employer. Okay, so keep that in mind. Alejandro Villanueva is going to be known for probably the most for his military service, as it should be. Uh, he's going to be remembered for the national anthem, standing for the national anthem in 2018 in Chicago. Um, he's going to be remembered for being one of those players on those really great Steeler offenses in the 2014 to 2017 era. He even throw it into 2018. He was a great player. He was a great person, and I want to wish him well in his retirement. I want to also pump up a little bit the Monday morning conversation I have coming up on Monday. I just want to say check it out. I'm not even going to give you any hints. I just want you to check it out. I'm really excited about this one. Make sure you check it out every single Monday in the offseason. I'm going to find a guest. I'm going to have that guest on in the second half of the show, so be on the lookout for that. But coming up, be on the lookout for my guest today, Friday. That's right, Blue Check Beck, as he always is every Friday, will be joining us. And then stay tuned for that heart-to-heart to finish out the show. Be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it's Friday. It is the second segment of Let's Ride, and you know what that means. It is time for our Canuck friend, Michael Beck. Blue Check Beck is here. What's up, Michael? How's it going? Oh, not too much. Just enjoying uh, some of the preliminary action uh, before we hit free agency. Uh, things have gotten crazy in the NFL, so uh, I'm enjoying all the uh, intense player movement, to say the least. It's been a crazy week, if you think about it, ever since Tuesday when that was the big news with the quarterbacks and Russell Wilson and Aaron well, Aaron Rodgers. I kind of, though, imagine you crying in a corner, like, why why aren't the Steelers doing anything? Are you okay? Like, I just want to check on you. Like, you feeling okay? <laughs> no, I've been okay. Uh, I never really anticipated the Steelers to make the quarterback move. Um, yeah. I've, I've, kinda, I've been pretty vocal about, like, this not being the year to chase the big-name quarterback, but um, – uh, maybe a little bit of a FOMO uh, for my team not making any moves yet, but uh, I'm I'm certain some are coming because of the intense uh, intense rumors that are surrounding the team. I guess. Wow, that's par for the course for Steeler fans, Michael. You can't expect just because they have twenty nine million dollars to spend, they're just going to go out and just start blowing trades and stuff. But let me <laughs> ask you first about the quarterbacks. More so, I don't care about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, first and foremost, one hundred fifty three million guaranteed is astronomical. That's unheard of in the NFL and players should be ecstatic. More guaranteed money is going to be put into contracts. But my question is more about the trade with the Broncos and the Seahawks. Hmm. I I personally looked at this trade and I've looked at it several times. And I, I think it's pretty fair. I do. Like, do you think, do you think, I don't think, think one team won the trade and one team lost. Yes. Russell Wilson is great. And yes, he's going to make the Broncos a very good team in what's looking to be a loaded AFC West after yeah. Cleo Mack joins the chargers. But what would you think about the trade in turn? Did you see a winner? Cause I didn't. I still feel like Denver wins the trade. Um, I think that kind of has a little bit to do with how Seattle's kind of blowing up their roster. Um, especially because apparently um, Seattle was not willing to uh, trade Russell Wilson to the Washington Commanders, which would have netted them another first-round pick. But that uh, fear of keeping a player within the same conference, which is a bit ridiculous, but nonetheless, uh, I, I heard the Panthers. Denver... I heard the Panthers had sorry to interrupt. I heard the Panthers yeah. had a very competitive offer too, and they really? said no okay. to that one as that. well. Yeah, interesting. Still within the division, I, I like I, I hate those things, especially if you're going to blow up your roster and you're years away. It's not really going to matter by the time you're good again anyway, especially with the state of their roster. So I, I still think Denver has a slight edge. It, it's like at the end of the day, it's only two first round picks and I guess two seconds as well. But um, really, the, the players that were involved, the, the, they believed in the backup guys that were there. Drew Locke is nothing. That's more of just like a nice uh, salary dump for the Broncos. I know it's not that much, but I, I think Denver wins this, this deal um, slightly, but uh, I think Russell Wilson obviously makes them a legit contender. So um, in that sense, uh, I think Denver's uh, primed, uh, especially in the next couple of years here to do something big. Okay. Well, let's continue with just the, the blanket NFL news and we'll connect the dots with the Steelers here in a second. Can you some way, somehow mentally explain the Washington commanders trading for Carson Wentz and trading a third round pick and a, 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 I've, from what I understood, a conditional second, third round pick that could turn into a, a second round pick based on yeah. playing time in 2022. Can you explain that to me? I just don't see it. So basically what Washington is doing is they're panicking. Uh, they haven't had a quarterback in such a long time that uh, they're, they're so fed up that they're willing to do anything to get a quarterback. Because uh, from the reports that I think a, a few outlets were kind of bringing out there, that they called every single team uh, to see what the deal was on their starting quarterback, including offering Kansas City something for Patrick Mahomes, 
which apparently they got laughed at on the phone. So <laughs> it just seems like uh, Washington genuinely wants a quarterback in such a bad way that when uh, the other deals fell through that they quickly jumped onto Carson Wentz, who's been struggling. Um, and it was funny enough that their odds to win a Super Bowl, depending on what outlet you went to, either stayed the same or got worse after the deal. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm just glad that uh, the management of the Pittsburgh Steelers are not the same way, and uh, the Roonies are not the Snyders. So uh, I, I'm just grateful for that because uh, that's not how you run a professional sports organization. So let's connect the dots now with the Steelers. So you see some of the big names. And again, I said this on my show on Wednesday. I'll say it again here. There were no reports that I saw that, you know, like Carson Wentz was just like a PFF throwing it out there. Could Carson Wentz go to the, that's what that was. And it has the same with Russell Wilson. Like there was never any tangible evidence. Aaron Rodgers is a little different. There were at least some reports, but now that Rodgers is staying in green Bay, Wilson's gone to Denver. Wentz is in Washington. The only viable trade option left is Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, I yeah. think you're on the same page with me that we're not, I'm not interested in, especially not now. The guy had shoulder surgery and he still would have to be. It's a trade. Like, that's what people forget. So many fans of the Steelers just think he's going to be a free agent. He's not. You're not trading for that guy, right? The only way I make a deal in this sense is if San Fran's willing to hold a, a considerable amount of that cash. Um, that I believe $24 million cap hit. That's just not, that's not eatable for me for this team and what they have. It just doesn't make any sense with the roster they have right now. So yeah, no, I am avoiding Jimmy G if I'm the Steelers general manager, but right now it kind of feels like it's between the Steelers and the Colts to see who uh, lands the services of uh, the G GQ quarterback. Well, he can go to Indy. I'm fine with that, but let's, so let's just say that even if that happens, I don't think it's going to happen soon. I think the shoulder surgery is going to have a lot of teams saying we don't have to trade for this guy. We can wait a little bit and free agency is starting next week. The next time I have you on the show, the dust might've settled on a big deal. If there's one free agent quarterback that you're saying, if you are Kevin Colbert and the Steelers, I'm going to be aggressive and I'm going to go after this guy. <laughs> Not saying that you think he's the answer in the long-term solution, but if there is a quarterback that's going to be a free agent and you are going to be aggressive and go after him, who is it? This is a brutal question because the real answer I want to give you is nobody, but um, to give it. you to give you a name, um, you might even laugh at me. Um, I, I feel like Terod Taylor. Uh, he managed to pull some stuff out of the Texans. He's won some games. He will be extremely cheap. He'll be cheaper than Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky and Teddy Bridgewater, close to league minimum. Uh, and he can push Mason Rudolph and be a guy on a one-year deal or maybe even two when they uh, make a deal for uh, a quarterback, hopefully next offseason um, in, my, in my ideal world. So uh, I'm looking for a quarterback that's not necessarily in that top tier, someone that's not getting more than what Mason Rudolph is making this year in $4 million. Um, so – I think Terod Taylor might be the name that I'm looking at. And that's fine with me. Uh, and to be completely honest, if they were to go the Tyrod Taylor route, I think you keep Dwayne Haskins, which that tender hasn't even been extended yet. I'm not sure what they're yeah. waiting on. Um, and you keep Haskins. You have Rudolph, obviously. And I think they draft a quarterback in that case. I think that if they sign someone like Jacoby sure. Brissett, if they bring in a Tyrod Taylor, I'm expecting them to draft a quarterback for that fourth arm and you, it would basically be a battle between 
if and let's just say they take Desmond Ritter. Okay, let's say they sure. take a second round pick. They get Ritter from Cincinnati. So now you have Rudolph Haskins in your situation, Tyrod Taylor and Ritter. It's a battle between Haskins and Taylor for QB two. Like that's it. And I'd be yeah. fine with that. I'm fine with that scenario. I think that would be a. It wouldn't be horrible. Do you agree? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I feel like whoever loses, though, probably ends up off the team. You just give uh, Ritter or whoever that second-round pick the year off to be quarterback three, kind of that Josh Dobbs role. Yep. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you there. Okay, so let's talk about some of these rumors. I did mention it in the first part of the show. Uh, you know, Andrew Filipponi, which I don't know if I can trust that guy yeah. it, with anything, but he's thrown out sourced information. This isn't just some shock jock radio host in Pittsburgh that is just saying, Oh, I think the Steelers should do this. And then you throw on. So now we're, we're talking about uh, if they can sign Edmonds whitehead, Jordan whitehead, um, correct me. The, the cornerback from Tampa, who's that? I, I can't totally lost track of. Oh my goodness. Was. I'm also blanking on it. I'll oh, look my. it up. I'll look <laughs> it up. And then Bobby Wagner. And that's a DD yeah. King Wabala of the NFL network. She was the one that kind of floated that name out that it's been in discussions of those three players. Now I do have to throw in the caveat and I made sure it is, it is a Jordan Whitehead would only be a target. If the Steelers couldn't bring back Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds. And the other one was Carlton Davis, the cornerback out of those three players, Wagner Whitehead and Davis. Is there one over the other that you would be like, I would love to see them bring this guy in. Oh, that's tough. Because I, I really do want the Steelers to bring back Ter- Terrell Edmonds. So I think that kind of negates um, uh, uh, Whitehead. But the thing that's interesting, and I think that might be a little bit more likely, uh, I've seen multiple reporters throw out uh, Bobby Wagner's name now, but I feel like that just makes your front seven so good. Uh, at least at least for the short term, too. It makes Devin Bush better. Uh, you get one of the better linebackers of the last decade uh, to round out uh, your front seven with Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Alualu likely coming back. I think your front seven just becomes that much better and gives your secondary less time that they're going to have to be in coverage for that you could settle for guys uh, in different spots. Like if they're able to bring back a Kelly Witherspoon and then spend a draft pick on the other corner, hey, that's great. And your front seven is going to be good enough that they're not going to have to be in coverage for four or five seconds. So to me, I, I think you sure up the front of the defense first, and then uh, you kind of branch out from there, especially if uh, that Wagner rumors uh, holds any weight, and especially because I think it's Schultz, Jordan Schultz, I, I believe the name is, is the other reporter that uh, threw out the Steelers with Wagner, as well as the DD. So th- there's some smoke there. Yeah, we'll see. I think the Steelers are going to be active. Do you see them being really active in that first wave, though? That's, my, that's the question I can't wrap my head around. I was going to ask you, and that's the reason yeah. why I am, we all know they have those waves of free agency. There's that first wave where you have everyone scrambling big time contracts being extended and given out to people. And then it settles down. And then there's that second wave. The Steelers are normally the team that's going to sit back, let everyone blow their cash. And then they're going to come in and try to pick up the pieces. Do you feel like that's going to change this year? Is it going to be status quo? Mm, It might. Um, If the Steelers were to land a linebacker, then I think Schobert's immediately cut and then like that's almost 10 million dollars more cap that's cleared up and it it might be like a a status quo move where the salary cap doesn't change at all and you have that upgrade so like it allows the Steelers some flexibility uh to be players a little bit earlier but with the rumors that they're in on uh, Ryan Jensen and Lakin Tomlinson if you're going to get either those guys done those are the type of deals during that legal tampering phase 
will start to like, you'll start to hear uh, the wheels in motion for a contract to get done. So if there are actually going to be players there, you'll know about that in the initial wave. Um, and I think for once the Steelers may sign a player, potentially two in that first wave. I, I think they will for once get somebody on that first day of free agency when it, uh, the new league year officially opens up. It's going to be exciting. It's, yeah. been, it's been a while. Um, the last time they made a splash on day one. Oh, let's see here. I remember Ladarius Green was a day one signing. I think Steven Nelson also was a day one signing. And people forget Steven Nelson at that time, he set the record for the the most lucrative free agent contract in Steelers history. Yeah. Um, I want to play a little game with you, Michael. Sure. A little uh, worst and best. And we're talking about free agents. The first half of the show, you know, you on your show, like on Live Mike, and I know that you've talked about it with Jeffrey Benedict on the curtain call. You are all very much excited. We all are about free agency. You want to <laughs> spend the money. And I kind of went back. I was like, well, there's been a lot of times they spent money and they spent it poorly. And mm. so I want to ask you, I'm going to give you, give you two players and there's like a worst list and a best list. And I want you to tell me who was worse out of the two. Okay. okay. You ready? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. All right. So I'm going to try to keep it close to positions, but it might not have. So, okay, here we go. Wide receiver. Who was worse? Lance Moore or Dante Moncrief? Oh, Dante Moncrief. Uh, that's not even <laughs> that was close an easy one. That yeah. was an easy oh, one. Oh, my God. He was terrible. <laughs> okay. Here's a little bit more difficult. Right in your wheelhouse, offensive line. Sean Mahan. He was the center to spend one year in Pittsburgh after Jeff Harding's retired. Or oh, Jonathan yeah. or Jonathan Scott, offensive tackle. I believe they got him from Buffalo. That's where he played. Looked more like a turnstile than he did a tackle. Who was worse? I feel like it was, I remember Scott getting torched a number of times. I, I remember him for being bad. And Mayhew, I had to think about for a second there. So I'm going to go with Scott. I'm going to go with Sean Mayhan. He was atrocious. <laughs> it, 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 there was a reason why Mayhan was so bad. They got rid of him and brought in Justin Hartwig. And Justin Hartwig was the center in Super Bowl 43. Um, and so, yeah, Mayhan was a, he was awful. They got him from Tampa Bay, believe it or not. Okay, let's go with um, Morgan Burnett. Mm. Or uh, Morgan Burnett, or let's go Cam Thomas. Cam Thomas is a defensive lineman who yeah, they from got the Charger. from the Chargers. Yeah, he looked like he was playing on roller skates. Who do you, was Who was worse, Burnett or Thomas? I remember being so excited about the Morgan Burnett deal because that was a, like, it was a splash. Um, he was a much <laughs> bigger name that the Steelers were bringing in. Uh, Thomas was awful. Burnett was injured a lot and kind of forced Edmonds to being a starter. Yeah. It, it, it is tough because like Burnett had flashes of not being terrible, although he only lasted the one year and a, a handful of games. Thomas was the worst player. So uh, <laughs> I'll say Thomas was the, the worst deal. Thomas was the worst, in my opinion, because he actually played and was that bad. Like Morgan True. Burnett had potential. He was just literally hurt the entire season. This yeah. is going to be a tough one. The last one on the worst side, <laughs> Ladarius Green or LeGarrette Blunt. Oh, Ladarius Green was like he had so much potential if his concussions didn't derail his career. And then LeGarrette Blunt. I'm going to go with Blunt because of like how he walked off in the team. He got Le'Veon Bell uh, in trouble with his uh, initial uh, suspension with the uh, illegal uh, drugs there. Uh, I, I think Blunt was just kind of a cancer in the locker room, honestly. And L Ladarius Green was just unfortunate circumstance. We'll always have that Giants game where he torched them. 
Yeah. I'll, I'll always remember that one game out of Ladarius Green. I guess uh, Blunt had that one game against the Panthers where he went off for 100. I think both Bell and Blunt went yep. over 100 yards that game. But uh, Ladarius Green, uh, I think it was just unfortunate for him. So uh, Blunt uh, is taking my, uh, my last worst. This is tough because I was so excited when they made both of these signings. I mean, I remember when they signed LeGarrette Blunt. I had actually told, I don't know if I was with the website yet or not. I think I was. I said that if they get LeGarrette Blunt, that would be a great decision. And then I, when they got Ladarius Green, it was that athletic tight end they've never had. And I remember the Cincinnati game, which was the last game that Ladarius Green played in, where he got that last concussion. And that was tough. LeGarrette Blunt was just a giant tool. Um, if you go all the way back to his days at Oregon, he's just been a D bag his entire life, I feel. And so I'm going to say that he was worse, but Ladarius Green was just kind of sad. Like it wasn't yeah. his fault. You know, that was just bad. Okay. Let's go to the best. This might even be tougher. Okay. Some of the best. <laughs> there's not many. <laughs> no, but uh, there's some good ones. Let's go yep. with this way. Let's go this way. Let's go stand defensive, defensive backs. And, and people will say that I'm crazy for bringing this up. Steven Nelson or Ryan Clark. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Ryan Clark. Okay? Like, like I, I love what Steven Nelson brought to the team. He was unbelievable that first year in Pittsburgh. But what Clark was able to do, uh, win those Super Bowls, his his ability to play next to Troy, who roams the field, they're like, yeah, that's not easy to do, being the, the Robin to his Batman. So I, I think Ryan Clark played it perfectly. He was the best free safety Troy ever had. Steven Nelson should still be in Pittsburgh. If the salary cap didn't decrease, yeah. I think he still would be. Uh, but, you know, he, now I think he finds himself on the free agent market again, believe it or not. He is. Um, uh, yeah, Ryan Clark for sure. Here's another. We're gonna, okay, so Ryan Clark, we're, I'm going to do this the way I do with my kids when I ask them questions, which they like better. So we, Ryan Clark was over Steven Nelson. So Ryan Clark or Jeff Hardings, center acquisition from the Lions, end of the career, one Super Bowl 40 and retired. Hardings was good. Uh, I remember him being a solid, like solid in the middle. Like I'm sure playing next to, I, I believe he was still there with, with Fanica as well. I like, yeah. I, yep. I, I think that yep. helps. Um, but uh, like, I'm still going to stick with Clark. Like he, he, he did a lot for this team and he, I think he was a vocal leader. Uh, hard nose. Yeah. I'm still rolling with Ryan Clark. All right. Let's okay. It gets tougher. It's like we're bracketology <laughs> here. Ryan Clark or Kevin green, the hall of famer. May he rest in peace. Oh yeah, this is tough. Honestly, um, uh, like Kevin Green, if he played longer for the Steelers, I like it, like if he finished his career, like I, I believe he went to Carolina after. If I don't have that uh, mixed yep. up, and like, and like, San Francisco, I think for a year. Oh right, yeah. Like like if if those last like three four years of his career were all on the Steelers. I feel like I would pick him. Like he was a dominant force and one of the best moves they ever made. But man, what Ryan Clark was able to like, I feel like it's the Super Bowl ring that kind of puts it over the top for me. Okay. So like, I'm still sticking with Clark. All right. Now this is going to be the toughest one. And the guy okay. that I'm putting him up against is, in my opinion, the greatest free agent acquisition in Steelers history, even over Kevin going. Green, Ryan Clark or James Ferrier. Potsy yeah. from the New York Jets. What do you think? <laughs> no, yeah, this is where things uh, die off for Ryan Clark. Yeah, <laughs> Farrier. Yeah, but before you even brought it up, if uh, I was like, once you once you hit Farrier, that, that's going to be a, a tough one to pass up on. So hopefully, that's what this, the Steelers' bar is to uh, pass this this off season. But uh, yeah, Farrier. Like, what what else can you say about him? Uh, like leader of that defense, uh, un unbelievable addition, just a, a great move overall, and and. Hopefully the Steelers can match that uh, this year. Little known fact about James Ferrier. Not sure if I've said it on this show or the Steelers preview. James Ferrier went to UVA, the University of Virginia. Mm. He actually 
was in a game with Mike Tomlin as a player at William and Mary. When Mike Tomlin was a senior, James Ferrier was a freshman at the university of Virginia. There you go. That's hilarious. That is something that a lot of people did not know. <laughs> All right, Michael, it's been a good show. Why don't you give us a little something for the ride or die crew before we call it a, a let you go, get you on with your day. Yeah, this might be the, the like this, the next seven days until the next time uh, the ride or die crew hears from me might be the most exciting off season week in Steelers history. I'm um, like drafts are fun. Trades are fun, but there could be a load of moves like we've never seen out of the Steelers. There's also the potential that a week from now, we could all be incredibly disappointed, but <laughs> I was going to say you are building them up for the letdown, man. There's not going to do anything. We're going to be back here on Friday. Just being if, like, did we just say they this? Did nothing. If, if they did nothing <laughs> a week from now, I, Oh, I, I'd be a little hot. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. That, uh, that would be a tough one, a tough pill to swallow. Um, but uh, no, th- this generally this week, is huge. Uh, I I'm going to have a hard time not being on my phone. Um, just checking updates constantly, but uh, yeah, no, this is going to be an exciting one. And I'm really excited to break, hopefully break some stuff down with all of you. And of course yourself, Jeff, over uh, the coming week. I'm excited. I am excited. This is a pivotal off season and this is just the beginning. So Michael will be here every Friday, as long as his schedule allows Michael, thanks for your time as always. Have a good one. Oh, my pleasure, Jeff. Talk to you soon. All right. Take it easy. And a big thank you to Michael Beck for taking the time, as he always does every Friday. I always appreciate talking to the great Canuck up north. And I want to finish this, as I always do every Friday podcast, with a heart-to-heart. And my heart-to-heart this week is I was I was driving home from work on Thursday. And, you know, I'm listening to NFL radio. I'm listening to others' channel. I'm listening to our own podcast. I started thinking about Terrell Edmonds just as a free agent. You know, you, you hear these rumors circulating and things like that. And I started thinking about Edmonds and what the common theme is for the Steelers fan base when it comes to a player like Edmonds. And a lot of the times it is, this guy stinks. What a waste of a first-round pick. Those are, the, those are common narratives when it comes to Terrell Edmonds. I want to make it very clear. I went through all those free agent moves, the bad ones, at the beginning of the show. Mahan, Moore, Scott, Green, Thomas. I forgot Cam Thomas. Oh, how, did, how did I forget Cam Thomas? He looked like he was playing defensive line with roller skates on, and mostly as he got pushed backwards. Burnett, Blunt, Moncrief, all those players. Even someone like Terrell Edmonds. Understand something, folks. If you're going to blame someone, blame the right person. You cannot blame Terrell Edmonds for being drafted in the first round. That's not his fault. He did not go into the Steelers' draft room put a gun to someone's head and say, you better take me in the first round or it's lights out for you. Never happened. You cannot blame someone like, I don't know, Ladarius Green. That's the first name that came to mind when I looked at my show notes. You cannot blame Ladarius Green for signing that lucrative contract when he left the Chargers. If you want to blame someone, people, please, for all things holy, Blame the Steelers organization for those contracts and for those moves. It is not Terrell Edmonds' fault that he was picked in the first round. It's not Ladarius Green's fault that that contract was as lucrative as it was with a pre-existing ankle injury and a concussion history. Blame the Steelers for making the move. If you're going to play the blame game, play it the right way. I mean, now let's be honest here. We're all Steeler fans, I know that, but if you're Ladarius Green, you got a bum ankle, you're not sure, just had surgery on it, and all of a sudden, the Steelers come in and say, hey, 
We want to give you this deal. We love your talent. We want to, we want a tight end that can really stretch the field. Ben Roethlisberger has been wanting an athletic tight end to pair with, uh, you know, Heath Miller. Let's, let's see if we can make it work. We're going to throw this many millions at you a year. What do you think? Uh, yes. Signing on that dotted line. That's not Ladarius Green's fault. That's a Steelers fault. Terrell Edmonds, he was in the bathroom when they made the announcement that he was a first-round pick. The kid clearly didn't expect himself to be a first-round pick. In the first-round pick, the Steelers, actually, it's Ryan Shazier, Steelers select for uh, Terrell Edmonds, safety, Virginia Tech. Wait, what? They just say my name? Oh, man, gosh, this is great. I can't believe it. I'm a first-round pick. My brother's a first-round pick. I'm a first-round pick. How cool is this? Not his fault. Keep that in mind. As these deals get done, as these decisions are made this offseason, keep that in mind. If you're going to play the blame game, play it the right way. All right, that does it for me. Make sure you're getting ready for a great weekend and getting ready for that Monday morning conversation. I'm really excited about this one. And always, always, always make BehindTheSteelCurtain.com your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe and follow so that you don't miss a thing. As we always finish it out here, folks, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Go Steelers.